you can turn with me to the Gospel of John, 21st chapter, looking at verses 15 to 17 and 18 and 19. The Gospel of John, 21st chapter, looking at verses 15 to 17 and 18 and 19. And as you are turning there, the title, the theme I want to deal with is having passion for his sheep. Passion for his sheep. As this is the resurrection Sunday, as we celebrate this Easter Sunday, we look back and realize that he did rise again. And we know he rose again because there's evidence that people saw him after he rose again. And not even that, that they still claiming to uh, have people say they have his bones and what's, what not. But we all know that's a lie because he had a physical resurrection. You got to call a lie a lie. That's a lie. There's no box of bones of Jesus. He rose again. It was a physical resurrection. And we're going to look upon that. They realized in this physical body he was able to eat <laughs> with the disciples. As we look into the gospel of John, the 21st chapter, if you're there, say amen. If you're not there, say hold on. Amen. Well, let us journey together. Reading from the New Living Translation, the Word of God says, After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, Do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. Praise God for his word. Passion for his sheep. As we're looking at this text, it says after breakfast. If you look earlier in the text, we find out that Peter decided, I'm going to go fishing. His brethren said, we'll go with you. We'll go help you fish. So they go out at night to catch some fish. And it's very peculiar. Look at what sea there, that Sea of Tiberias. If you're familiar, if you look back in John, the sixth chapter, you find out that's where they walked on water. And here we also see that if they're in the Sea of Tiberias, they're back in Galilee. We know he was crucified in Jerusalem. He already appeared to them there once. Now they're back home in Galilee. We find out in an Acts account that it was about 40 days after the resurrection. Jesus was still with them, teaching them, talking with them, communion with them. So now we find them in Galilee. Peter is fishing. They catch no fish at night. Jesus is on the shore and he says, hey, did you catch anything? They say, no, we'll throw it on the right side. So they did. 
They caught a great catch of fish. Then Peter realized it was Jesus. He jumped out the boat, swam to shore, while the other brother was swimming to the boat to help bring the fish in. Jesus was there. Peter recognized him and was excited to see him again and swam to him. And then Jesus told them, bring some of the fish you caught. And so we can have a breakfast. Because Jesus already had some food cooking. <laughs> some of you missed that. And Jesus already had some food cooking. And he says, come and bring what you have and let us eat together. And so after they have eaten, after they had communed, after they sat down with their Lord, with the resurrected Lord and Savior, after they ate a breakfast, Jesus takes the time to personally talk to Peter. How do we know he's personally talking to Peter? If you continue on reading after the 19th verse, it says, Peter looked back and saw the one whom he loved behind him, possibly maybe eavesdropping, saying, what, they, what y'all talking about? So it shows that after they ate, they took a stroll. And this is very good because now Jesus is spending some one-on-one time with Peter. Some of you are familiar with Peter and his character. Peter is very brash. Peter was always the first to say something. Maybe it was right. Maybe it was wrong. But he was always the first to say something and act out. Uh, Peter knew who the Messiah was. And Jesus said to him, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but the God of heaven revealed this to you. Uh, Peter was also the one that that promised him, I will never leave you. (laughs) I will die with you. But also we know Peter was the one that denied him three times. Matter of fact, he cursed and swore he did not know him the third time. Jesus foretold, told him that you will deny me three times. Peter was there when he saw the transfiguration, saw Jesus and saw Elijah and saw the prophets there and was like, wow, it's good for us to be here. May we make a booth, a tabernacle for you guys to be here. Peter was there when he raised up the little girl from the, from the dead. Peter was there seeing a lot of things. But the same Peter was in the garden took out a knife and cut off a man's ear. And Jesus put the hand on the man and healed his ear. You live by the sword, you die by the sword. Peter's letting Jesus know, I'm ready to die for you, Jesus. But then Jesus goes away. (laughs) Peter follows. Somebody recognized him. The one who cut off the ear that said that he was was related to the one who cut off the ear and said, I saw you in the garden. He says, no, it wasn't me. Somebody else say, well, aren't you one? You sound like a galley. No, that's not me. Somebody else says, I said it. Bleep, bleep, bleep. I don't know the man. Then Jesus looked at him. And he weeped bitterly sore. But now we see him sitting down and having breakfast <laughs> with Jesus. Because why? Because Jesus prayed for him. He prayed for him. He says that. He says that you are going to deny me, but I, I have been praying for you because Satan wants to shift you like we. But I've been praying for you that after you repent, you will strengthen your brethren. I want you to grab this because you're about to see what's about to happen. I'm just trying to set you up so you can see what's happening here. Jesus already knew what was going to happen to Peter. And he knew how to provide for Peter. Can I drop a pin for that right there moment? Jesus already knows what you're going through. <laughs> And he's already prayed so that you can make it through. Tell your neighbor, go ahead and get on through. Tell your neighbor, go ahead and get on through. See, 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 some of us are not operating in the power of God because we are lacking of the knowledge of the power of God. 
Jesus in John the 17th chapter prayed, Lord, I pray that they be one as I am one. Jesus knows the enemy desires to sift us all like we, but he's praying for us. He, the Bible tells he's interceding right now on our behalf. So you should be encouraged no matter what he throws at you, he can't defeat you. Peter right now has been encouraged by Jesus to strengthen the brethren. Look how he comes here. Jesus sits down with him after the breakfast and walks with him. And he says, Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? My question is to you, do you love Jesus more than these? What could these be? These could be his brethren. Some of them are his fishing partners. You go back, he fished with James and John and his brother. They were, they been, they knew each other before they knew Jesus. Yes, yes, yes. Some of us know some things more than we know Jesus. Do we love Jesus more than these? Or these could be maybe his vocation or his hobby. He had another great catch of fish. This happened before. He had a great catch of fish. Jesus told him, come follow me. And he left the fish behind to follow him. We need to realize that there's many things in our lives that are fighting for the love of Christ. So you got to find out, do I love money or do I love Christ? Do I love man's applause or do I love giving God the glory? We need to make sure what do we love more than these? Now, looking at these questions, when Jesus asked him, do you love me more than these? Peter responds saying, yes, Lord, you know I love you. But that wasn't good enough. Jesus has given him an opportunity to redeem himself and ask him again. Simon, son of John. Do you love me? Do y'all see that in the text? Do you love me more than these? Do you love me? Do you love me? He asked him two more times. And all three times, Simon repined, you know, you know, you know. But the third time, he was grieved and upset. But before we get to the third time, let's deal with how he answered. He said, you know, my question to you now is, does Jesus know you love him? We can sing, yes, Jesus loves me, because we know. How do we know? Because he died for us. Oh, there we go. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Watch out, somebody. Pastor about to go there. Have you died for him? Mm. See, see, Peter already realized that, Jesus, you know me, so you know how much I love you. I, you know how much I love you. But the question is, can you say the same that Jesus knows how much you love him? Because we realize, because Peter, here's again, Brass Peter, Brass Peter, uh, they, they, they had about 120 of them and even more than that following Jesus. And then Jesus said some harsh things and they left. And then Jesus looks and says, are y'all going to leave? And Peter simply says, where else can we go? You have the words of life. See, Peter already knew that I can't go anywhere. Again. He talks about how, how you cannot get into the kingdom of God because only the, the rich man can't get in. And people say, well, the rich men are the ones who are blessed by God. How come they can't get in? And then Peter's like, well, we left everything <laughs> to follow after you. But he's letting know that you will be rewarded. So Peter already realized, I've died, I've sacrificed, I've given up all. So it's evident about his love, but about, what about us? Have we sacrificed our flesh? Are we dead to the world to be alive in Christ? Because the problem is, it's a daily situation. 
It's not just on one day, but it's every day when we wake up in the morning. Have we made up our mind to be dead to the flesh and alive in Christ? Because it's a challenge the world wants to grab us so that we get caught up because sometimes all we can think about is money. Sometimes all we can think about how other ways we can gratify the, f- the flesh, whether it be sex, whether it be drugs, whether it be alcohol, whether it be gangbanging, beating up somebody, talking about somebody, gossiping, stealing, things that make you feel good. People get a rush doing these things. Over this past week, as we were celebrating the passion of Christ, I had a whole new rush. My rush was studying his word. I I was like, Lord, have mercy. Every night I was learning something new, learning about what my Jesus went through from Monday to Friday to die for you and me. But many times in the world, we allow the world to fill us up with stuff and we walk away always leaving empty. But when I was getting filled with the word of God, I wasn't leaving empty. I was leaving wanting more and more and more. And every time I got more, I was fully satisfied and it was enough. But I can't get enough of how good he is. So the question is, do you love Jesus more than these? Even Peter's flaws and mistakes did not, did not they take away how much he loved God. So even your flaws, <laughs> even your character mishaps, your bad habits cannot negate how much you love Jesus. Peter is already known for denying him three times. Peter cut off the ear of a, of a man, then decided, I'm not going any further. He ran away. Peter is seen here fishing, fishing with his brethren, but yet Jesus still knows he loves me. But yet what happened here, we've seen this, cast this, Jesus desires to have a relationship with us. When you have a relationship with somebody, that means you communicate. That means you talk to them. You give them words of affirmation or you give worms to affirm it to themselves. Many times in a relationship, we give a person the opportunity to show them, for them to show us how much they love us. Peter is given an opportunity by Jesus to show him how much he loves him. And then Jesus is giving him instructions. He gives him th- th- two instructions. He says it three times, but this is one instruction about for Peter to feed the sheep. It's said in different ways, in different ways. It talks about how you said the shepherds should take care of the sheep. It talks about how you should feed the lambs and then how to tend to the sheep. But either way, the lamb and the sheep represent the called or the elect of God. And then the shepherding represents how Jesus says, I am. The good shepherd. And as the good shepherd, he's leaving the sheep in good hands. And now the thing is this about this love commandment, about loving my sheep when you love Jesus, means this, that if you love God, then you will love one another. When you have passion for the sheep, that means you have passion when they hurt. You have joy when they have joy. But too many times we don't have the same mind of Christ. Now, we start getting jealous when somebody has better things than you have. Your neighbor across the street is adding on to their house. You mad you can't add on to your house. Your neighbor across the street comes home with a brand new car. You mad you didn't get a brand new car. The person in the next cubicle next to you got a raise, but you didn't get a raise. You upset. I heard somebody say somebody's blessing somebody next to you. That means he's in the neighborhood. So open up the door to receive your blessing. But too many times we got our door closed, mad at somebody else. Instead of turning back to God, say, God, what must I do to be obedient? 
Because even you look in the text, Jesus telling Peter what to do, you can keep on reading on. Peter still was not satisfied. It says in the text that Peter looked behind him, saw John. Jesus told Peter how he, was, he would die. Peter looks behind and says, John, say, what about him? Jesus basically said, what is it to you? If he shall live or die till I come back. In other words, Jesus said, it's none's your business. It does not matter. But Jesus told us strictly, I told you to feed my sheep and to follow me. Do you see those two commands? We are, to, we are responsible of following him, and we should not be always concerned about what's going on with somebody else. If we feed his sheep, we tend to one another, we take care of one another, then we are not concerned about what somebody else is doing, about what else they have, but you are concerned about what he has for you. Too many times we want what somebody else has, you can't do anything with it. It's just like the clothes we all got on. We got the clothes that fit us. You put on somebody, it just won't look right. That's why we think it's so cute when the kids try to put on mom and dad's shoes and clothes, right? Look all big on them. But the thing is this, that they desire to be like mommy and daddy. So that's something beautiful because they want to grow into that. But many times with us, we want to take other people's stuff fully grown and want to be like them. But yet, do you understand? God made you unique. He made you special. There's no one else like you. No one else can do what you can do. And the trick of the enemy is get you concerned about somebody else so you cannot be used by God. But you see how Jesus prayed for Peter. I pray that you won't be sifted as we so that when you do mess up, you will repent and you will strengthen your brother. Look at the command he gives him. He tells him to feed my sheep. He's telling them how you need to strengthen your brother. Because feeding the sheep tends to of giving the nutrients they need. Shepherding the sheep means to protect the sheep. Look, look at the authority Pete already has. He says, I go fishing. They all say, we're, we're with you. They already look to Peter as the leader. Many times in our lives, we might realize that we are leaders right where we are. Thinking that God can't use you because you're not leading somewhere in the church. Do you understand the church is the body of Christ, not this building? So whenever somebody is following you, whether it's your, as you're a captain of a, of a sports team or you're the president of a, of a club or you're just a member of another organization, you're still a leader, a person of influence. And Jesus has commanded you to follow him. And as Peter is following Christ, the good shepherd, he's being a good shepherd to his sheep. The challenge is for us that many times we have hardships in our lives. We have peril in our lives that we take our eyes off of Jesus. And when we take our eyes off of Jesus, we become just like Peter was when he's on walking on that water. We start sinking. You see, Peter again was brass. Jesus told him cross to go to the other side. They about to go to the other side, but they hit a little storm. Peter was unsure. He saw Jesus right there. He said, let me get out the boat. Jesus said, all right, come on out. The problem is when you get out the boat, you got to walk on the water. That's a whole new experience now. Peter wanted that. He sunk. But I'm so glad. Doesn't this say how far he was or how close he was, but yet he cried out. He was picked back up. 
because Jesus wants them to follow him. Peter was so brass that he wanted to follow him ahead of time. But now here's the time that Jesus set the time that this is how you're going to follow me. But it's not going to be the way you like it, Peter. Because this is what's going to happen to you. You're going to stretch out your hand. <laughs> but it's going to be stretched out by other people. You want to, you're going to be led. <laughs> and catch this. History tells us that G- Peter died on a cross but upside down. Because he did not see himself worthy to die the same way as Christ. Your hand would be stretched out. His hands were stretched out on a cross. And he was hung upside down. Oh, he was under somebody else's influence. He could no longer clothe, dress himself, but he was abused and, and, and mistreated for standing up for the word of God. Many times in our lives, we are called to follow Christ, but we want to follow Christ and we want to gain riches here on earth. But the greatest example of following Christ was given to us by Christ. His greatest act of obedience gave him the greatest rejection. He yelled out from the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And we know in the Psalms it says, I, I've been old, I, I've been young, and now I'm old. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor a seed begging for bread. But yet the righteous son, the blessed one of God, the Christ, was forsaken so that we could be accepted. And now that we are accepted, he has fully given us authority. He says, now all authority is upon me, and I will be with you until the ends of the earth. But he's repeating again in the gospel, follow me. He opens up the gospel, talking to the disciples, I'll make you fishers of men, follow me. Now he's about to ascend to the right hand of the Father, and he tells Peter to follow me. Do you understand that statement still stands now? But my question again to you, are you following him? If you're following him Are you following because you love him? And if you love him, are you doing it because he's told you so? Or are you doing it because you want rewards? Let's not get caught up of trying to serve God because we want something now. You'll get that then if that's what you want. Peter Peter had to get chastised himself, think about, well, what about him? What's it to you? It's none of your business what's going to happen to him. I told you to follow me. Many of us need to be like those horses to put blinders on so we stop looking around. So that we can finish our race. Because the enemy showing sure up is trying to distract you with everything that glitters. Think about how even time we sit down in conversation with the ones we love, we still looking around who's walking around. That person looks familiar. Do I know that person? Oh, excuse me, what would you say? He wants your full, unavided attention. You can't win, follow the lead if you don't pay attention to ahead of you, can you? But we're trying to run this race of life following the wrong leader. You allow your ego, yourself lead you instead of Christ leading you. Look what's happening here. He rose from the grave. And before he ascended to the Father, he had some parting instructions to his disciples. For them to, put, to add on to us. I want you to grab that we need to have passion for his sheep just as he had passion for the sheep. He said, I am the good shepherd and the sheep know my voice. Do you know his voice? Because he's telling you to love him. And when you love him, then you should be a sheep. Because he's going to separate the sheep from the goats. Which one will you be? The goats are on the left hand. The sheep are on the right. You probably wonder, how can I be a sheep? How can I be a goat? Well, 
Jesus says, when you do to the least of these, you have done unto me. And when he was teaching that, they asked, but when were you poor? When were you hungry? When were you thirsty? But when you have done to the least of these, you have done it unto me. Don't we see in the city of Peoria those who are hungry, those who are thirsty, those who are naked, and yet we have a closet full of clothes that we don't even wear anymore, but we don't want to give them up because we think they're too cute. You can go ahead and wash them, dry clean them, iron them, press them, fold them up, and take them down to a different mission, to a different place, and let it be a blessing to somebody else. There's people out there walking barefoot in winter, but you got you too many shoes to count. We are called to look out for one another, not just look out for number one. That's what the world teaches us about capitalism, how, how survival of the fittest, but our Lord, our Savior, tells us how we should love one another as we love ourselves. No greater love than this for a man to lay his life down for another. Jesus led that. Look, look how much God loves us that he makes sure we are clear of the example. You want to know what love is? I sent myself. You want to know what love looks like? Look how I wash your feet. You want to know what love looks like? Look how I serve you and I was not served. You want to know what love is? Though you curse me, though you blaspheme me, though you deny me, yet I still cry out, Lord, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You want to know what love is? He who knew no sin became sin so that he could die a death in your place. Why? Because every time the debt had to be paid, you came up with empty pockets. You did not have enough. But Jesus says, I got you, I got you, I got you covered. And he defeated death. And he rose from the grave. And before he rose from the grave, he proved that he was risen by spending more time with those he loved. And spending time with those he loved to let them know that, yes, I got to go up to the Father. But I will not leave you comfortless. And he sent down the power of the Holy Spirit. And now that we have the power of the Holy Spirit, we too can be just like Peter, loving one another and following after him. So the question is again, do you love him? Because if you love him, then you will follow him. And when you follow him, you love one another. Because he says they will know that you are my disciples by how you love one another. I got to close with this. Loving means you forgive and forbear much. Loving means you forgive and you forbear much. Jesus forgives all our sins. Jesus forgives all our sins. Jesus forgives all our sins. So we too need to forgive one another. Not part of the time, but all of the time. Yeah, that's hard, I know. But we don't have to do it alone. We can do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we can forgive one another and truly bring glory to our Father. Because how else can a dying world know that our Savior lives when we don't forgive one another? Going to say he lives within us? 
but we don't forgive our brothers and our sisters, then we are a liar and the truth is not in us. I know y'all got mad at me at that point, but yes, you're a liar. John writes, how can you love a God whom you don't see and hate your brother and you do see? You're a liar and the truth is not in you. Don't believe me, go read your Bible. But we don't want to be living a lie. But we won't be living the truth. We use the way, the truth, and the life. So we need to love one another. Have passion for his sheep. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, right now we come to you, God. Seeing how much passion you had for us that you died on the cross for our sins so that we will never, ever have to suffer that kind of separation from you. And Lord, you have charged us to love one another, to have passion for your sheep. Father, we are the body of Christ, Lord, so we should look out one for another. Lord, forgive us for the times we became selfish, that we have our egos and our pride that ride us, God, but we could repent right now and turn right back to you. Father, have your way with us. Cleanse our hearts, purify our minds, almighty God, that we keep our, our minds stayed on you. Father, when we allow you to come in, you'll bring healing in our families. You bring healing within our community. Because, Father, your love forbears much. We thank you, God, that perfect love casts out all fear. And that love endures a multitude of sins. Father, that's what your love did for us. So now, Lord, may we, through your power, love one another. Still with every head bowed, every eyes closed, with someone here who does not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth. And believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. That's you. If you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior of your life, your first time confession, raise your hand. That's you. No one's looking but me. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I see you. I see you. just want to lead you in this prayer. God knows your heart. God knows your heart. Just repeat after me. Just repeat after me saying, Dear Lord Jesus. I believe you died on the cross for my sin and that you rose from the grave on the third day. And Jesus, I invite you to come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. I thank you, Jesus, for saving me. I thank you for forgiving me. I thank you for loving me. So every head bowed, every eyes closed, you pray that prayer for the first time. Raise your hand if that's you. If that's you, raise your hand if that's you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Father, we thank you that you have redeemed us and called us your own. We thank you, Father, for the power of salvation, that we are forever yours, forever covered, forever in your arms. So, Father, we thank you, Lord, for your power that we have through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that we could give our lives to you so we can follow you and be obedient. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray that all God's people say amen. amen. May we stand and extend the hands of discipleship.